We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You know, in editing, you use a screenshot, zoom in on the detail, and get this. It is so pixelated. It's horrible. Well, these filmmakers figured out how to get it to do this. And then they use that method to tell a story entirely through a computer screen. My mom never came home from her trip. I don't know where she I'm is. Sorry. I need your help. So is there anything I can do? The movie is called Missing and it grossed over 45 million. The timeline for the movie is incredible and we want to unpack what is going on in there. So we asked the filmmakers who created the movie. We discussed the process of telling a story through a computer screen, the technical details of how to make it not look pixelated, and their storytelling philosophies on how to guide the audience through a mystery. Riverside is the best tool for video podcasts. Honestly, if you're not using Riverside for all of your virtual meetings, you're making a big mistake. I've even been using it for consultations. As soon as we're done, I get to send them the entire recording. And not to mention the recording quality is freaking it's good. Whereas other virtual meeting services can only do up to 720, Riverside can do 4K. Which is why we like to use it for podcasting. And we love it because it records each audio and video track separately so that editing is such a breeze when we get into post. Which means our editor can get started on cutting it almost immediately. And even if you or your guest has absolute garbage internet, it doesn't matter. Because remember that one time when we were in the hotel room? I mean, the call kept on jostling. I thought we lost it. But because Riverside records locally and then uploads, the call was perfect. And it's easy for the guests. They don't need to install anything. You just send them the link and you can start recording. It even says like, roll out the red carpet. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it makes it, me feel special. It makes me feel so special. If you're podcasting, creating video content or recording online calls, then sign up to Riverside.fm for free and use code editing podcast for 20% off. And you can find that link in the description and we'll see you back in the interview. So this whole movie is based on viewing it from a computer screen but there was this one scene that had amazing style can you break that one down great music cue there I can't find my phone the party sequence was one of the most creatively explorative sequences in the sense that when we got the script, there was a line that says, and then like a cacophony of images. As an editor, you look at that and you're like, okay, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? Austin and I would just get on Zoom and and sort of just like brainstorm. She's having a party with her friends. Her mom's gone throughout the whole week. What does that look like on screens? We would jot down a bunch of ideas and then we would just go film ourselves acting them out. And it's come a long way from that. But I think what was really fun for us about editing this scene was getting to uh, like ID. I think with editing, a lot of times it becomes like, what is the simplest way to get the points across? How can we make this as as tight and as quick as possible? 
without having any like excess beats in it. How's it hanging? Oh, it's it's fine. This is this is so her her, her family friend comes over to check on her, and this was a fun one because in the script it was pretty straightforward. It was the the text of what they're they're talking to each other, but there are all these small little things that she does just with her screen elements that kind of like give character and sort of further what she's going someone, through. You know, someone nice and cute, cool tech job. I would kill for a guy like that. It's pretty rough out there. Not that I don't have. My I love how relatable that is. I've done that. <laughs> One of the things in the footage of this movie that was especially uh, gave us a lot of creative control was that since this is all happening on computer screens and bad connections and things like that, we're able to sort of glitch takes mm -hmm. and sort of compress sort of moments to combine takes or change the timing. So, oh, wow. um, so like if like the timing was just slightly <laughs> off or we wanted things to move in a different way, you yeah. just take still frames and kind of stagger them and put a compression over it to make it seem like, like a, a glitch. stutter through yeah. the glitch. I would say ninety nine percent of so the glitches smart. you see are us doing something, whether we're changing takes or just taking out some time or adding time, whatever it is. I love that because I think for me, yeah, I noticed the bugs and the glitches and, and things like, oh, that, I thought that was like a stylistic choice to kind of make the screen a lot more believable. Exactly. That's I what was I was under that assumption, but for it to be uh, a, a narrative tool. So much of this film is not like a traditional film. And so you, you know, normally you have shot reverse shot of a scene and a conversation, but with the footage here, you're kind of locked into seeing the characters on screen in a way that makes it harder to cut around things that normally you could easily cut around. That's you guys inventing a whole new filmmaking language. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it was like, yeah, and I like David Fincher uses that as well. And on any wide shot, if there's two people on a table, it's two different performances just spliced together. I mean, well, I think most films do that, but this is like an extra element on top of that as well. You'll probably notice like in the rest of the movie, we pretty much adhere to a realism in terms of the way the computer works and the way these apps and these windows work. But this was a space and later on in the news montage as well, where we were like, okay, we've, we've established how these computers work. We're addressing that, but now we can kind of have a little fun kind of stepping outside the realm of how these things actually function. So like these, these windows moving in and out, uh, you know, on top of each other, that's not something that would ever happen. Right, right. <laughs> but Narratively, I think that works really, really well because I think with a lot of people, they, they come in and start watching this movie and they get really excited about the concept themselves. What type of ideas can they do with the film? Because I remember this, I got excited, but then for you it was like, all right, we're going to throw you everything at this. Here's all the fun we can have. Great. Now let's get into the story. And the music drops as well. It's like, this is important information. And that's sort of, one of the things I really like about this because it's, to an extent, that is really powerful visual storytelling. Using the pacing of the editing and in a contrast edit, you need to pay attention to this moment. Party, that shift into suddenly it's Father's Day. Mm -hmm. You have all this kinetic energy that's rising, 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 and then all of a sudden it drops out. We get like a slow push in where before we were sort of darting around. Anytime you ha you're able to lean into a shift in the pacing, I think is when you can really find those more emotional beats. The biggest challenge of all of this is the technical aspect. I've tried to do effects like this, you know, like it was like screen capture, show something on the screen. But in a moment for me is I take a screenshot, I zoom in, and it comes low quality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so literally the first time I was watching this film, I was like, how do you get such high res screenshots? <laughs> People saying what you just said and thinking it's screen recorded 
is in some ways the highest compliment. <laughs> the problem with screen recording or taking a screenshot is that the moment you start to punch in, you're just going to lose resolution. Things are going to become like fuzzy. And so in this movie, sometimes we're getting straight up on one word in an email, you know? So we needed to have infinite clarity, basically. So nothing in the film is screen recorded. And as you can see from our timeline, every single thing is built up of different layers where each layer is a different asset of the desktop. When we were doing the previs, we were just taking screenshots because it was just rough and tumble. We were just trying to get it out there. But in the finished film, every single thing is made from a separate Illustrator file because the Illustrator file allows us to use those vector graphics to get infinite uh, rasterization. And, yeah. And so no matter how close up you want to get, it'll still be crystal clear. What is vector and rasterization for those who don't know? <laughs> so, Which is me, I will admit, actually. Yeah, so, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> we didn't really know either. <laughs> well, ba basically what it means is that no matter how much you want to blow it up or how close you want to get, it'll still be just as like crystal clear and smooth around the edges. So you won't lose that like clarity. Yeah. What it is is essentially a mathematical formula okay. that they use yeah. at, in a path. Mm -hmm. So when you draw like a line, it's a, it's, they just use like a graph essentially. This gets into like calculus straight up. And so it's like, it's like a graph. And so it's, it just follows one line mathematically. Okay. Okay. So you can zoom in or whatever. It's not created out of pixels. It's created out of math. So each app essentially, or every element that you would see on screen that you see in this film was created as its own Illustrator file. Illustrator basically is Photoshop, but with vectorized graphics. But this way we could go in and change all the text, change the time of yeah. when these things come in, move the windows around on our desktop, essentially production designing June's desktop. Hello. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Cheeky segue. There's a few products we would like to share with you. So take a look. Get funding for your content. That's it. That's what Creative Juice can offer. Juice funds have helped creators upgrade their gear, hire editors, or start the podcast they've always dreamed of. Which was amazing for us because we uh, really underestimated how expensive a podcast is. It's a lot of beans. But what's really exciting about Juice, though, is that you stay in total control of your content. Which is awesome because it's only you that knows exactly what you need for your channel. Juice just supports you with funding and resources. Think invoicing, expenses, income, and more. And Juice helps you with the worst part of being a creator taxes. Creative Juice is awesome because they have personalized tax prep tools where you can pay contractors, track 1099s, and categorize all your expenses automatically. All of those things you just said, I've never heard of. That sounds really scary. Juice, please help me. And we actually did just send our producer, Ashley, a W9. All I had to do was type in her email. She fills it out and sends it back to us. We'll get a notification and boom, it's super easy. And that's great because the less time you spend doing taxes, that's more time for you to be doing what you do best. Creating. Go to the link in the description and sign up for Juice today at getjuice.com slash getfunding. We need to have a serious conversation. I need you to stop spending your entire day looking for music that actually isn't even that good. But Track Club is actually full of bloody great music. Their entire library is banger after banger and mash. We also know that audio is essential for creating an emotional world for your audience. This is why beyond having great music, Track Club has Mixlab, which allows you to use stems to customize it to your situation. For example, there's this documentary song that I really liked that sounded hopeful. But if I soloed the vocals, 
That sounded scary. Or I just use the mallets to create a build. And Track Club makes it super simple to avoid copyright strikes. Paste your channel's URL into Track Club and Bob's your uncle, your videos will be cleared automatically. My uncle's name's Dave. Guess what? They're offering your first month for free. So go to the link in the description and get your free month of Track Club today. How do you balance that? Because you have literally infinite control over the entire, like what the text says, what the camera move is, the cinematography, the production design, the timing, like there you have unlimited control. How do you handle that? All of this underneath is uh, wide of the desktop, but up here, these adjustment layers that we threw in are how we created the shots. So when you turn off the adjustment layer, you see it's a wide of the desktop. And then so we would build the wide out first and then drop these adjustment layers on top and use transform effects to create the different shots and camera moves that are seen in the film. So basically these adjustment layers became our virtual camera within the desktop. There's a lot going on on the screen at all times, but I think it's like guiding people enough so that they're not trying to look in every direction which with that virtual camera, the vignetting, the blurring, the way the mouse is like pointing at things. We are trying to guide people's eyes to very specific things happening on screen. There's lots going on. We have 40 graphics layers and the mouse and this and that, but it's like always keeping it grounded in the story and the character, I think is what makes the film work and not feel like a gimmick. It reminds me of when 4K cameras first started coming around and all the filmmakers went, we mean I can crop in? I could start zooming in and it still looks 1080. This is it on another level. Where it's like you essentially have the entire film as a wide and then you're able to completely animate our, like our eye lines, like our eyesight, like you should look here, you need to look here, you need to look here. Exactly, yeah. And, and like we were saying, you know, I think there are, there's some they call like screen life films that sort of take place mostly in a wide and you're you're able to see everything, but it gives the filmmakers, I think, less control over guiding your eye. And the the idea with this, just like with searching, was always to make this a really cinematic experience. And so you're not just showing everyone the wide shot of what she's doing, but we're like, you know, creating shots and we have close-ups and then we have shots that pan over just like you would with a regular camera on set. And that's one of those things where it's like you wouldn't expect a screen movie like to build suspense or tension out of just like a mouse moving to click on something. But you really can use these elements not only just for like the technical coolness of it, but to really tell an emotional story with just graphics, essentially. Essentially, like the mouse and the keyboard and the way everything is done on screen is like a character. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. And it's little things, but the way her mouse is moving and the way she's like how quickly she's hitting the, the keyboard and stuff, it's sort of like showing her frustration in this moment. You're right. Here's this. And that's like an idea beat. Like Austin was saying, you know, every time she types something, every letter is timed out in After Effects. Oh, wow. So it's like, it's not just, okay, let me, you know, zero to 100%. It's a, everything was timed out so that we can like introduce these really, really slight hesitations or like areas that she rushes through or type intentional typo, you know, intentional in our end, mm -hmm. typos because she's like, doesn't have the time. And so all those little beats, I think you're, like you're saying, like do give us a little bit of insight into her headspace in that moment, even if we're not seeing her face on the screen. And then the way that the mouse either darts over or like is hesitant to click on something I think was one of our most useful tools with creating tension. So we've seen her being frustrated. That's like, that's interesting behavior as you would on the phone. Let's just say uh, she's sad. Oh, the character's sad. How would you just, how would you show 
sad for a screen. Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Towards the end of the movie where she's she's feeling at sort of her lowest point and she's she's going to shut her computer down and you see the mouse come over to press shut down on that pop-up mm-hmm. and she notices a text from her mom underneath and it's just the slowness of seeing her go to do something, hesitating, the camera tracking down to see what she's recognizing and then like treating that. And we were editing all of those motions. One of my favorite quotes from storytelling is from Andrew Stanton who uh, made Finding Nemo and Wally. He says, audiences want to work from their meal, but they don't want to know that they're doing that. So he says the formula is, you got to give them two plus two to make four. But if you give them four too much, it then becomes a frustrating experience because they're not able to be actively engaged. This movie did that brilliantly in terms of there was a few moments where like I kind of like we needed to speed up the plot along so we had like one or two moments of four but then afterwards I felt like there was those two plus two moments when we're figuring it out alongside of her or she figures something else and we're and we're going wait what did she figure out what was the balance like in terms of the audience's engagement and trying to figure it out compared to also providing us the answers that was a huge concern all along the way because there are some pretty big twists in this movie and we wanted to make sure that audiences weren't feeling cheated at any time. Some of the twists obviously are pretty well concealed within it and most likely wouldn't be able to be solved along the way but we made sure that there were enough of these small things that if you're paying attention some audience members could get ahead on certain things. So there's a password section here where uh, she's trying to guess a password and, and I think some audience members can sort of guess the password before she does and she fails until later on. And so I think giving them the ability to feel like they kind of one-upped her, they, they knew something about the movie before she did, helps so that when there are big, bigger twists, uh, it's not so shocking. But that was the thing. There's there's so many moments here where you can actually see in the background or even the first time we're showing things where it is right there in front of you. And so if you know what to look for, if you know how to pay attention to this type of thing, like there is a way that you can feel like you're solving it alongside them. You know, there's a lot of Easter eggs and hidden things that clue you into a lot of the big twists. But, and sometimes we were worried like, um, isn't this too obvious? And we would be shocked when people wouldn't pick up on it. So it's, I think that makes it kind of fun is we were always seeing how far we could push it. Like how many pointing to the answer could we put in the film without people all getting it. One of the things I really enjoyed about this movie is like, I felt inspired. Like I wanted to make a movie like this myself. How possible and accessible is this? We didn't know how to use Illustrator or After Effects before starting this movie. And the whole movie was built literally just in Premiere, Illustrator, and After Effects, basically. And so it is, it, and not, we weren't using any kind of like complex plugins or any kind of, you know, special scripts. Special scripts. Really, it was yeah. literally just out of the box Adobe products, basically. And, and I think what was so nice about it was it really did feel like anyone could kind of do this, you know, like we taught ourselves how to use these, these softwares while making it. And at the end of the day, yes, it helps to have two years of time and A-list actors and all that, but it, and a studio, and <laughs> yeah. a whole team of people supporting you and helping but, you make it. But, but the previous, we made an entire version yeah. of the movie just sitting in our, in our rooms at home. Uh, and it was, you know, it was a little rough around the edges, but it was a full watchable movie. And, I think that's what's been so inspiring is that it felt really kind of like a bunch of friends getting together and being like, hey, let's like try to make something. I think that is something exciting about this, I guess, like new cinematic language of this film is that this is following a really specific story in this specific series of films. But like, I feel like there's infinite types of stories you could tell. Like you could tell something that's not a thriller at all. That's like 
a romance or a rom-com of like people falling in love on the internet, which happens all the time. It's an exciting thing to realize that like this is accessible to people. And I think that like anyone interested in making films nowadays, for the most part, like has access to tools that you can use to make a film, even if you don't have a budget. (laughs) 